Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an extra special happy edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for freaky, awesome, fun Friday, uh, August 21st. Uh, my name is Javier Reyes, as always, of course, if you couldn't tell tell by my my jovial and upbeat attitude uh your hosts of this lockdown padres podcast check out and follow the twitter page for the show guys which is at lo underscore padres or you can check out my personal account which is at javapeno which is spelled j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o and if you feel so inclined hit me up on either of those accounts with any questions comments or concerns you might have you can also hit me up on the gmail which is lockdownpadres at gmail.com and with that all being said, guys, let's let, what what am I going to be talking about today? Okay, so here's what I'm going to be talking about today. It's a very simple episode because sometimes being simple after great, massive, extraordinary things happens, it kind of encapsulates it the best. All right, we're just going to be recapping t- uh, last night's game and then just talking about this Houston series, just sharing some of my thoughts and then maybe uh, throwing a little thing out there when it comes to the trade deadline. Maybe giving a little cup of my thoughts on what the Padres to do. You know, and just so you know, it's not all that unique. I imagine that everybody who's watched the Padres this year knows exactly where I'm going to go for what they need to go after. But uh, anyways, let's get right into it, guys. Last night's game against the Rangers, the last of a four-game set, Denelson Lamette, the starter. Oh, oh my God. Do you ever just have – it's just – it feels so good to have a starter that you just trust so much. You know what I'm saying? Lamette was great once again. He does end up giving up the the two-run homer to Trevino in that last inning that he pitched. His final line still does look end up being uh, pretty good with the exception of that fifth inning. Only two hits in five innings and two runs, three walks, and most importantly and most excitingly, nine strikeouts. So basically it was just that one homer from, from Trevino who would come back to haunt us later for sure in this game. Uh, he was a bit wild early Lamette was that's why they had to take him out so early he was getting up there in the pitch count especially that first inning uh so he was having a little bit trouble as evidence also by the three walks right and for a team you know that doesn't have a putrid stench of a bullpen uh going five solid innings with the IKs and only two runs uh that usually would not be a problem at all but of course it is when it's just you know the Padres bullpen uh there's also that moment when Machado got thrown out at, at home I forgot what inning that was I think that's like the third inning or whatever it was uh it was one of those plays where you can't necessarily fully tell that he tagged him but especially after uh Tatis's steal of third which the same thing basically happened I was perfectly fine with the umpires being like you know what let's just keep the call uh, on the field as standing uh, that made more sense it was fine or whatever and it didn't end up mattering guys because Hosmer of course we all know what happened we we're all watching we all witnessed history as Eric Hosmer's grand slam driving everybody in broke the major league record with four consecutive grand slams four consecutive games with a grand slam he did it the son of a bitch did it Last year, the Padres hit four slams entire. That was their entirety of grand slams last year. It was four, and they've already broken that. Uh, only 14 teams uh, hit more than them in 2019 uh, than the Padres have during this stretch right now. I don't know what to say. And I saw a Gaslight Ball tweet out. They were like, hey, screw having the no-hitter. Uh, that doesn't matter. Our grand slam stat is so much cooler. And honestly, it kind of is. <laughs> it's actually kind of is a little bit more fun. Kind of, It's a badge of honor. And and in uh in, in every sense of the word, and the not having the no hitter is its own badge of honor. So this is kind of really like kind of uh, a really cool moment. I just, man, this Padres team, and it's funny because watching that play unfold, watching Hos- Hosmer up at bat, 
I think Orsillo commented. He's like, hey, imagine if he hit, like, he, he made some comment about if Eric Cosmer hit a grand slam. And, of course, they all lose it. Him and Light, they just absolutely lose it. And I was watching the game in my head. I was thinking, what if, has anyone, uh, has anyone ever done this before? Four kids, uh, and then I, I just lost my mind. I mean, I don't know what to say, guys. It's just one of those moments that makes me so grateful to be part of this uh, team and covering this team right now. They're so much fun. Uh, thankfully, they did end up getting out of the jam that they did get into uh, in this game. As I mentioned earlier with the bullpen, uh, firstly, just want to say uh, after Lament uh, was pulled out, Tim Hill was really good going a great one inning and one out worth of uh, pitching with two strikeouts, no hits. He was he was great. So maybe he's starting to calm down a little bit, that wild thrower that he is. And then Michael Baez comes in. He makes his season debut, right? And, hmm, yeah, he gets only one out. That's right. He gives up three runs on three hits and a walk. Look, in fairness, it wasn't all his fault. It starts off, basically. I, I don't want to – this was a bullpen thing, but also it was just defensively the Padres were a mess, right? So Cronenworth, in turning the double play, he makes a throwing error. Um, then there's a balk, a single, and a walk. Look, it, first, with the Cronenworth thing, I've, I've praised the guy and every now and then haven't always – giving him flack just because he has had a couple errors or a couple plays I think he should have made. But it's kind of hard to hate on the guy because he's also playing like every position for us right now, especially with uh, kind of Profar being, you know, a little bit up and down, especially uh, just just across the entire infield and whatnot. And um, Hosmer, when he was hurt, he was playing at first base. So I, I don't want to hate on him too much, but he still did make a mistake and it's fair to throw it out there. And then, of course, like I was saying, there was a balk given by Baez. Not great. Uh, first balk, I think, by a Padres uh, pitcher this year. It could be a single and then a walk. And then Danny Santana, who longtime listeners of the podcast might remember, as someone uh, that I recommended, I was saying not to draft Eric Hosbird Fantasy Baseball as part of that Fantasy Focus Minute and that you should look at Danny Santana instead. Obviously, Hosbird has turned out great. But in fairness, in my self-defense, I know I've had like 87 wrong calls over the last few days and weeks that everyone's been calling me out on. Um, in fairness, that was over an extended season, and I was talking about, hey, if you get him in like the 18th round, Danny Santana, I mean, it's not many first basemen could steal as many bases as he did, that he was first base eligible. So I stand by that or whatever. But anyway, here he ends up driving in a bases-clearing double. And here's the thing. I got to talk about it. Some people on Twitter and whatnot have disputed the claims that Grisham isn't a real center fielder, which is my take, right? I don't think the Padres have a lot of good outfield depth. And this certainly does not speak to the believers that think that Grisham is just fine in the outfield. I know he's got the defensive run saved. I know he's made a couple outfield assists. But bottom line is he's made two errors on the season. And he's made some plays that he should have made. Like this one. He also made the one against the Dodgers where it was a Chris Taylor triple, I believe, that he just should not track and he jumped at the wrong time um, towards. But in this one, the ball bounced off his glove. I'm not saying it was as necessary routine as the Cronenworth play. He really Cronenworth really does deserve more flack for the, the throwing error, which basically allows all of this to continue in the first place but Grisham he could have made that catch it literally bounces off his glove so I've been just really uh annoyed by Trent Grisham lately N not annoyed by him lately just annoyed by his defense lately as a bat yeah he's in a little bit of a slump he's not as on fire as he was at the beginning of the year he has slowed down a lot the power is just not as consistently there like you can see his his exit velocity has just not been great he's not hitting the ball quite as hard as he was at the beginning of the year um, but he's still walking a lot so that's good so I don't want to hit on him too much especially since we do obviously end up going on to win this game but still I think it needs to be said I think this is another example of 
Grisham's defense being a little bit of a question. And hilariously, I think that Will Myers, everyone questions his defense all the time. He's been fine. Like There's been nothing to happen with him in the outfield. It's been a mixture of left field and center field mistakes so far for the Padres this season. It wasn't great. Um, then Patino ends up coming in, and he strikes out Odor, which is... Nice, I guess, to see him come in there, but he then the next inning ends up getting in some trouble and allows another run off of a Jose Trevino single. Like I said, he's the bait of our existence this game. And look, they, they give up the lead, of course, after Patino. And, you know, I don't want to get too much into Patino. I feel like there's nothing else to say. He throws hard. And when you're making it to the major leagues for the first time, hitters are... Major League hitters and the same stuff that worked in the minors is not going to work the same way. So really, I don't I, I don't get mad when he does that make sense? I don't get as frustrated when he doesn't do well coming out of the bullpen, especially in a game where it's so early on that you need to use the bullpen and whatnot, especially since Baez wasn't so great, right? Um, but anyway, reinforcements have arrived. The next inning, uh, Ty France ties the game. <laughs> I'm sorry, with a solo shot and then Austin Hedge homers further enforcing that I am an idiot and don't know what I'm talking about. I swear, I swear on everything, guys. Ever since I started my campaign to for Francisco to be here to get more playing time, Austin Hedge has been good. I'm pretty sure he has three homers over that span and an on base that's close to 300, if not exactly 100. I think he also had a walk in this game, which was great. So he has definitely not been deplorable last year Austin Hedge is still not good do not get me wrong guys he's still not very good uh one of the worst offensive catchers in the league but he's definitely not like been quite the liability from that angle and he's been throwing guys out so he's been fine so shout out to Austin Hedge just kind of proving me wrong and just I guess he listens to the podcast so Mr. Hedges shout out to you sir and how well you've been playing and now let's talk about the thing that is a reliever that I do get frustrated with, and that's Emilio Pagan, who pretty much immediately blows the save opportunity in the top of the ninth with a leadoff homer surrendered to Nick Solak. Let's talk about Emilio Pagan for a second, right? In 11 innings this season, he's got four blown saves, which leads the, I think all of, yeah, it leads all of baseball, and he's got three home runs given up and seven walks over just 11 innings. Oh my God. And just for context of why this is so frustrating is because last year he had a 2.31 ERA as opposed to a 7.36 that he's got going right now and 96 strikeouts, which gave him a 12.3K per nine. He was great. He he saved set, uh, 20 games for the, the, the Rays last year. I know that they have a weird bullpen and whatnot. Bottom line, he's probably one of their more dominant relievers uh, for them last year. And for him to go, if it weren't for Hector Neris who's been a disaster, and if, if in general, if it wasn't for the Phillies' bullpen, uh, more people would be talking about, I think, the Padres. And actually, that's not fair. I think enough people have been talking about how bad the Padres' bullpen has been this year. It's just been a disaster. And think, thankfully, Pierce Johnson gets out of the phantom runner situation that we end up having to go through with the extra innings. Um, but yeah, I don't know, really know what to say with Pagan. It's just been an absolute disaster in basically every sense of the word. And... I hope that he fixes it, but those numbers are bad. And I think especially the walks, because I understand that he tends to give up the fly ball sometimes a little bit too much, but there have been guys who have uh, fly ball tendencies that, you know, they, they mess up a little bit, but it's the walks that concern me, showing that his control is just not there, and people aren't biting on any of his pitches basically at all. You know what I mean? So Emilia Pagan might just be arguably the greatest bust of the team. 
Tommy Pham was at one point. Jerickson Profar was at one point. But Pham is hurt right now, so you know, he can't defend himself in, a, in an odd way. I know that's a weird way to phrase it. But, uh, yeah, Pagan, I don't really know what to say. I'm hoping that he does well because uh, they couldn't use Pomeranz last night. I saw people freaking out because, you know, why aren't you bringing in Pomeranz in this situation? Well, it seems like he had a tight shoulder. That's what Jason Tingler said. So it sounds like he's a little bit hurt. And, oh, my gosh, I hope he's not hurt. Because if that's the case, then I assume they're probably going to give the ball to Pagan to close the games uh, from now on. And clearly he has not been able to do that. So hopefully a regression, a positive regression can be expected. But otherwise, guys, I don't know what to say. And I was one of those guys who liked the Pagan trade. Uh, heading into the season. I was like, you know what? I kind of like it. I understand it. I know that Manny Margo has maybe got some potential, but I like the idea of bolstering the bullpen, but obviously that's not panned out. Man, I just don't know what to say, guys. But it happens, of course. The legend, right? The legend. The legend comes in. Jake Cronenworth with Will Myers as our runner on second, the phantom runner rule that's been established for baseball this season. And who doesn't love a redemption story? He hits that single, and there is the error by the outfielder, the center fielder. But still, bottom line is this, guys. We are not Cronin worthy! It was so exciting to see. And I wonder, I ask you guys this question. Do you guys think that even with the error by the center fielder that... Will Myers would have scored. I think he would have. It would have been a close play, but I think he would have. Because Myers, he's not, you know, fast, fast, but he's also not slow. He looks slow the way he's kind of lollygagging sometimes. He can be a little bit of a goof, but I actually think he still would have been safe. But still, bottom line, thank God for that error there and the walk-off. What a great way to end it. Uh, for sure, it was just su- such a super satisfying way to end the game. And all the things that happened, look, in general, satisfying way to end the game. A performance for the ages by the Padres. Four consecutive games with a grand slam. Take that. Was that one allowed? Was Jake Cronenworth allowed to hit the walk-off home run? Was Will Myers, is there an unwritten rule that he wasn't allowed to run because the outfielder made a mistake and we have to be fair and let him try and throw him at home? I don't know. Screw the Texas Rangers. I'm so glad that we swept them. And speaking of great performances and just actually in performances in general, I want to talk to you guys seriously about something that affects a lot of people, and that is erectile dysfunction. Not going to be kidding around about this one. I know I tend to joke around with a lot of my ads, but this one is certainly not the one to do that. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo, right? Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, oh, I had a I had a long day at work, or sorry, I'm just not feeling it, right? But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home, which is really great, especially in times that we're in now. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is a straightforward, simple, and discreet one. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash lockedonmlb today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of erectile dysfunction treatment. That's getroman.com slash lockedonmlb. Getroman.com slash mlb, guys. Serious thing and requires serious solutions, so go check that out. And now, my listeners, now that we're back, we're talking about the final things of the podcast to close this 
really just nice, splendid little episode on this Friday uh, day that we have going on here. Just wanted to talk quickly about the next upcoming series. You know, we've got we've got Houston coming up, big series. I don't want to say it's the biggest series, but it's definitely one of those series where it's funny because everyone's kind of on the Padres bandwagon. You know, shout out Hannah Kaiser at her video. Everyone's talking about the Padres this week. They've been the team, arguably, of baseball. And then they're going up against, as they're following their, their follow-up series, they're playing the Astros. And, you know, tonight we've got Richards going against Lance McCullers. Lance McCullers, who has been basically very hit or miss. He's had two great starts, two bad starts. Um, Richards, I, I actually posed this question to you guys. Is Richards actually the least surprising pitcher for the Padres this season? Because I feel like as the third starter, he's been just the definition of fine, adequate, pretty decent, right? I know the strikeouts aren't like always super impressive, but he's just not giving up all that many runs. People are not hitting his stuff, and he's throwing that slider a crap ton. So he's been really, really solid for them this season, and it's really good to see. I wonder, like, who do you guys think is the most surprising pitcher? Could it be Paddock, or would it be Lamette? Or would it be Davies in terms of Davies with how good he's been, Paddock with how eh he's been, or Lament with just how good he's in? I would argue that Davies is the most surprising because I thought he was just like an extra arm to be your fifth starter that would just be fine. But he's just been like not an ace, but like really great, especially when you look at kind of the rest of the starting pitching around the league. It's just super consistent. So I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts on that. You could shoot me those uh, questions if you'd like. But I know everyone's had a lot of fun making fun of the Astros for how poorly they started off the season. But lately, they've been doing a lot, a lot better. They've been really heating up, right? They've won eight games in a row coming off a series sweep against the Rockies. And look, Here's the thing. A lot of their players have been pretty good. I know everyone wants to bring up the trash cans and stuff, but here's the bottom line is that most of their players have been good from Yuli Gurriel, who's having one of the better starts that I can remember for his career, batting 296, 364, 541, and Carlos Correa, Puerto Rican power, baby. You know, I know that we don't claim him currently. <laughs> I guess after everything that's happened, uh, his OPS is at 868 right now. He's slashing 315, 396, 472. He's been really good. Uh, Alex Bregman is on the DL, though. They haven't had the best luck with uh, injury stuff because obviously they lost uh, Verlander for a while. I'm not totally sure if he's coming back this season. And they've lost, like I said, with Bregman and Michael Brantley. And they just lost Jordan Alvarez for the rest of the season. So they haven't had a great... Uh, luck of health either I think that they're not the most unlucky team with health the most unlucky team is definitely the Yankees right now who have officially lost just I want to throw this out there for people who may listen to this right they've lost Glaber Torres today and James Paxton today as of the time of recording they're expected to be out for a long time joining the likes of Luis Severino who got hurt with the Tommy John surgery before the season started Giancarlo Stanton Aaron Judge DJ LeMayhew and am I missing someone else? I mean, their entire team is hurt. It's insane. So shout out to the Yankees. But anyway, um, just in general, Astros, they're really starting to come back to, to earth in terms of just their their solidness. You know what I mean? They've still got guys like like Granky and Valdez who are doing well for them. And bottom line is this is going to be a tough freaking series, man. And and the only, the only thing that's been bad for them lately is still Altuve, who's batting right now. Like, an astonishingly bad 190, 248, 305 slash line. Like, oh my gosh. And I've actually looked at some of the numbers. His K rate is so much higher than it usually is. And that means a lot because Altuve is one of the lower strikeout percentage guys in the league the past few years. And I know what everyone's thinking. We're going to make fun of them for the whole, you know, trash can stuff. I know it's, it's, it's harder to, you know, when you don't know what pitch is coming, right? But seriously, though, he, he's been atrocious. So he's been the only bad player, really, on the Astros. So, guys, do not forget, it was really fun when we were making fun of them early on in the season. But Astros, they're, they're kind of back. 
And even with the the banged up kind of team that they have in some ways right now, they're still going to be quite the force to reckon with. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think we've got them beat a little bit in terms of the offense at home run power. But in general, this is a tough series. We have Seattle after that, though, which is a nice kind of break. I don't mean to say that all mean, right? But bottom line is this. Big Astros series coming up. Not the biggest in the world, but they are, uh, I, I think, if, if there's one thing to just take away, they aren't bad. They're back. The Astros are back, unfortunately. It would be so great, though, if they could beat them. I mean, they're too talented of a team to have been kept down for too long, and they're honestly too talented to not finish as one of the two or three best teams in the AL. Probably maybe three or four just because Oakland has been super good. They've been a revelation this season. But, uh, yeah, the, the Astros, if we could beat them, that the Padres bandwagon is going to go higher than it is even now. And it's already cat- like just astronomically high, right? Um, and, you know, looking forward to it. I will be recapping all of the games on Monday. Or I might do a, a pod. Maybe I might do a crossover pod, actually. I might see what the what the Mariners host. We might see what we do there. But anyways, um, yeah, that about does it for that. I just wanted to end the podcast with one thing, right? Yesterday, I answered a question about Whit Merrifield and whether or not there's some merit to the rumor. It's <laughs> my second joke of the podcast. Um, well, the Padres, look, they need to officially, after the Pagan thing, they need to officially start considering buying some relievers and buying now on relievers. I don't really know exactly what uh, they should go for. I'd love to have on some people, maybe a little bit closer to the trade deadline to maybe uh, talk about some stuff, but they need to they need to do it because with some worries about Pomeranz right now and the worries about all the people in the bullpen from Pagan to Stammen to even Matt Strom. I mean, Matt Strom has been okay. I know he had that bad uh, blown save the other day that led us to the extras in Game 3, but still, they need to start... Uh, you know, making some additions there. I mean, I'm trying to think of teams that might be looking to sell right now. And I'd say that Trevor Rosenthal is probably the number one, another Royal. He's been super great for them this season and they're not going anywhere. So Rosenthal's probably on the table and maybe some guys like, like maybe some one of the relievers from the Mets, maybe Edwin Diaz, maybe Seth Lugo, one of those guys maybe would be an interesting trade target. But still, that's the biggest thing about the Padres right now. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the bullpen uh, maybe can make up for this this weekend and maybe do well against a much better team than the Rangers. Oh, God, that 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 scares me. The Astros are going to kill us. <laughs> They're going to kill the bullpen, aren't they? They really are. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to reverse jinx it again. But anyway, guys, uh, really need to look out for that. I will be talking about that. I bet we might get some more uh, trails of bullpen uh, whisperings, basically, uh, by the time uh, this weekend series is is over, and maybe the Astros hit 75 home runs off of the relievers. But anyway, with all that being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Go send me some nice reviews and whatnot on iTunes. It's funny that I said that this was going to be a nice, short, and sweet podcast, and it was still a decent, chunky one. But anyways, guys, with that all being said, until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.